Welcome to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Your number one Orlando City podcast for the fans, by the fans. Keeping you in the know on all things Orlando City since 2018. Hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of Orlando Lions Den Podcast. This is, uh, this is the Three Amigos again. I feel like we've been on a few times this year, boys. I got, uh, it's me, of course, Alex Brown, and uh, I got I got my my other Alex, my side my side mate Alex, and Mister Mike. Uh, getting after it. Took a week off. It was nice. Hope you boys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I feel like we've sometimes, you know, long season. We've added some more content this year. It's nice to get a week off. So I, I appreciate us taking the international break as well. Uh, but uh, we're back at it. Looking forward to this week. Final match day. Not much to talk about, which is nice, right? It feels like every other year there's always like a ton of stuff to talk about, uh, scenarios to cover going into the last week, but we're pretty much set in stone. So we'll get to all that today. Uh, Alex Ryder, how you doing, brother? I'm pretty good. I I too enjoyed the international break, but I'm happy it's over because I need I need some soccer. I need some Orlando City, and I'm looking forward to just kind of doing something I haven't done in history of my fandom. And that's enjoy decision day. Just relax and enjoy it and observe it. So looking forward to it. And it's weird that we're actually we're actually in the majority for once, Alex, not just in being both Alex's, but we're also both in Southwest Florida for once. Yeah, I'm Fort Myers is my home Monday to Friday nowadays. So I'm I'm Mr. World Florida Traveler, World Florida Traveler. That's how I did it. Uh, although I was at Epcot on Wednesday, on Saturday, and I did travel the world. And uh, and I realized that when you drink around the world, like especially during food and wine, they just, the the mixture of alcohols that that gets you pretty quickly. So I, I enjoyed that. But did yeah, you, you, where so, did you start? Where did you start? Oh, that's the real question. Come on, but we always start in Mexico, my man. That's that's the only way to do it. You got to start in Mexico, and make your way around, save the filet mignon in Canada for the end. A nice little topper during the food and wine festival. So, uh, but Ryder, you, so you're telling me the Bears just aren't satisfying you? Huh? You need you need some actual some actual. No, I I mean, and since we last potted, the Bears finally broke their four three hundred and forty seven day losing streak, and even then they're not enough, not nearly enough. Not all of us can be as lucky as Eddie and have everything come up, come up big. But we'll talk about that later. Mike, what's up, my man? Chilling, man. Feeling good. I like uh, you know. Ryder mentioned here. You know, we actually can rest easy on uh, decision day, which is nice. Uh, we did get to do that during the COVID year as well, 2020. Uh, we were well qualified by the time that things came around. But uh, now I'm in a full season, uh, finishing the season as uh, one of only two teams to break the 60-point threshold. Feels good, man. Feels good. Chilling, relaxing. And uh, you pace yourself with water in between drinks at Epcot, right? Like Water? What's that? Uh, maybe. Light I beer. Man, Light has beer. OC Twitter taught you nothing about staying hydrated? Not at Epcot. <laughs> I was... I was... I was closer to Alex Morgan than I was than I was a water day. So I I know, kicked, that. kicked out of the American no, Pavilion. I, the American Pavilion. I, I see why she got kicked out over there because they have this moonshine drink over there. It's like a moonshine berry drink. It's apparently the number one selling drink in Epcot. 
and uh and i could i could see it but there's these the, there's this like spicy margarita and and mexico at the stand there if you if you go to epcot get that thing because that's a great way to start to start your day that's for sure so speaking of starting the starting stuff let's start the show with our sponsors uh we'll start off with uh with uh eddie of course who's not with us tonight but uh we already gave him a mention with his, his you know his astros and his 49ers are having pretty good years but if you need good insurance give uh give eddie a call if you're looking to shop your insurance your home insurance your auto insurance life insurance uh, he's he's the man to speak with uh and say it every week rates in florida are crazy they're always changing they're always going up i moved to orlando y'all from key west and my and my insurance went up like 60 percent coming to orlando orlando don't joke they, they are raising rates out of the yin yang so uh and uh believe it or not even though my insurance went up that much liberty mutual and eddie is actually still my cheapest price so it's a lot cheaper down there in the keys but it's uh it's very expensive in orlando so if you feel like you're paying too much, if you uh, at least want to check out, make sure you're not giving away four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars to companies that already have billions of dollars in the bank. Uh, give Eddie a call or shoot him a message uh, at Eddie the Commish on uh, Twitter, and or even just message the podcast. Uh, he, he has access to all that too, and he'll be more than happy to hook you up uh, for any of that auto, home, life insurance sort of jazz. Uh, Long-term partner with us is Field Turf USA, of course. Uh, they're always uh, rocking those cool pitches around the, the, the country. They do all sorts of cool stuff and really around the globe. So Tarquette, uh, Tarquette is, is a parent company, and, uh, and and they've been a long-term supporter of us, so we really appreciate them. And then, of course, Leo at uh, Epic Mortgage. Uh, New Mortgage is who he's working with now. Uh, give Leo a call, 407-844-7696. Uh, if you're shopping around mortgage refinancing, if you're looking to uh, get home equity loans, things like that, uh, don't do it without talking to somebody that doesn't make a dime off of off of your, you know, giving you opinions and giving you the right ones. A guy knows uh, a ton, and he's not afraid to just be honest with you. Which, in that business, honesty is key because, especially nowadays, you know, guys making one two percent off of a uh, transaction is, you know shoot eight ten twelve grand nowadays so if you could save save one percent that's that's a big deal so give leo a call if uh if you guys are interested in purchasing a new home refinancing your home looking at rates uh make sure you call him he'll tell you if it's a good good idea or not so uh those are our sponsors for the show uh we'll hop right into uh big night for orlando city a, a week and a half ago against uh the new england revolution at home um we talked about it on the den after dark. It was really a, a, a very satisfying um, performance by Orlando City three uh, two. You know, Duncan McGuire gets gets a nice goal off the header, Faku with the volley, and then Angulo gets a little deflection in to the back of the net. Uh, awesome match, great response from the team after allowing that first goal. Um, Pedro kind of had a howler, but but uh, but other than that, I mean, three two was a scoreline. It was a lot better than 3-2. Uh, we'll take the three points no matter what. Got us to 60 points on the season, which is a, obviously a, a adding on to a record for us. Uh, solidified second place, not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the entire league. And also gave us that uh, elusive and coveted CCC CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is formerly the Champions League uh, berth. So we will be representing MLS 
and uh, this, and uh, also, you know, with with Miami and the, uh, for the state of Florida and, and the CCC. I always want to call it the Triple C, but then that just feels like a road that I don't want to go down. But uh, but but the old the old Triple C uh, Concacaf Champions Cup will be in it next year. So a uh, beautiful night in Orlando a couple weeks ago. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was one of the games that I, I enjoyed the most. I, I didn't expect a lot because of the fact that we had, you know, we came off of a, a, a short week. Um, I thought it was going to be a tough match. You know, it was one of those games where as an Orlando City fan, you kind of feel like, especially at home, it's like setting up more for letdown than it is for, um, for you know, success and for excitement and for uh, just, you know, that's that's what we're, we're tuned and, 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 you know, trained to think is, is, you know, we're just waiting for that moment, but uh, the team seems to be finishing strong. We had some, uh, we had a great result, three to two against, against New England. I, I enjoyed to watch it. That Faku goal was probably the goal of the season for us. I would say uh, for Orlando city with that half volley, that was just a, a phenomenal goal. You, you love to see that sort of stuff. Uh, Faku hitting his, hitting his groove. So Mike, I'll have you start us off. Tell us uh, your thoughts on the, uh, the three, two dub against New England, what it meant for the club and uh, and and how you were generally feeling about, about that result. Yeah, man, you got to feel great after a game like that, a performance like that. Like just looking at, um, you know, the response, like the team was, was playing really well. Um, and, and even to put in a situation there, like you mentioned, Pedro kind of had a little bit of a stinker on the first goal by heel. Um He's got to save that 100%. A keeper of his quality saves that 99 out of 100 times. Um, it squeaked past him. That kind of stuff happens here and there. But the fact that the boys responded and scored immediately before halftime to break, get back to a two goal lead, um, it just, just kind of shows the mentality of what this team is right now. Uh, everyone's got each other's back. We're hot at the right time. We're peaking going into the playoffs. Uh, well, I don't even want to say peaking going into the playoffs. I don't know if we've peaked yet because we're still like showing that we can still do more in attack. Um, but having, you know, back-to-back wins against playoff teams, against Nashville and against New England, um, especially two teams that beat us earlier in the year, um, it just really shows that, you know, everything's coming up uh, coming up right right now, you know. Um, teams working well, communicating well. Um and uh, yeah, just a lot to be a lot to be very happy with at the moment, and uh, just have to hope that they keep building on it because this kind of form going into going into the playoffs is, is going to be something that's going to be uh, you know w- we we have the possibility to do something special um, with the way that things are clicking at the moment. We want to make sure that we ride that through the playoffs because depending on how the uh, the the card in the East shakes out. We're finishing second in the shield standings, which means that if we make it to MLS Cup, MLS Cup comes through Exploria, you know? So it's one of those things that uh, there's a lot to feel really positive about. The boys still got work to do, but it still feels like the boys got room to grow and can still be even better than they are right now, Um, which we got to be excited, got to be behind the team uh, as best we can. And uh yeah, I, I like. I'm I'm gonna be a, a, a dork right now, man. I'm just talking. I'm talking positive about everything. I feel good about it. Um, so I don't have I don't have a whole lot of negative to say. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hyped. Yeah, I guess uh, you know it's not not much to be negative about. I mean, I, we were we really we had an option to uh to we wanted we wanted to take this last week or this week off, and 
we figured we would wait to this week in case we heard any news on the new contract signings uh, because, you know, at this point, everybody's ex- expecting Oscar Pereja and Rico and, and Luis to, to get a to get an extension, um, which we're all hoping for that. And obviously, uh, there was rumors that DC United want to interview Ricardo Morea and then the team denied it. So that, that kind of leads you on the right path. But, you know. It's like if you're Oscar yeah. at this point, you're like, why would I sign a new deal right now when I believe we're going to win a win an MLS Cup and probably worth a lot more money then. So you know, it's like they'll they'll be wanting to pay him. So he I feel like maybe now the the tables are turning a little bit with that. Yeah, and that's definitely like if there is a negative to bring up, that's what it is. It's just the the situation that we're in right now, in the fact that you know. Like you said, Ricardo Moreira, Luis Muzi, Oscar Pereja um, aren't under contract going into next year. Um, Moreira and Muzi have mutual options, which means both sides need to agree to it. And uh, Pereja is out of contract. So Pereja, you have to imagine, has some kind of leverage right now with the success that we've had this year. And you also have to look at Moreira and Muzi being like, well, why would we resign the coach right now if we don't have deals guaranteed for ourselves out with what we want? So uh, really need the Wilfs, you know, snap to it. Come on. We got to get going. Like you guys got to go ahead and put the pen to paper, get these people in here, get them committed, get them paid. Um, you know, give, give Muzi an executive promotion, give Ricardo a GM promotion. Um, I'm fine with all of that. I think at this point it's, it's worth it to keep all the people in the building because, you know, there might be some changes going into next year with the way that, cap and roster and all that stuff goes around and uh you you want those those good minds in the building in my opinion yep i agree Ryder, tell me how you feel about the the, the revolution dub and and uh you know and and the concap champions league you know having that home field advantage and and if you have any thoughts about uh about the the you know hopefully impending and inevitable contract resignings for the front office. Well, and one thing I regret that I didn't do on the rundown is we didn't even get to really talk about the Nashville match because that was in and of itself a pretty gutsy. We're not the midweek warriors. We don't, we've had some bad results against far lower teams. And this match against Nashville was that that's a possible best out of three round one playoff preview. And we went in there on short rest and with a couple of changes and we poppied poppy special the heck out of them. And I was impressed with that. And then I was impressed with us coming home and looking the exact same way. I mean, if Pedro Galese doesn't have an off night, he records his 10th and 11th, um clean sheets in the same week congratulations to him recording his 10th um first to ever do it in purple and breaking his own record so even though he had an off night he set he set a record that week and he should be proud of that we're going to rely on him a lot going into the playoffs but as far as the new england match goes you guys pretty much nailed it facundo was on fire that that might be top three goals of the season. I'm trying to think of other candidates and top of my head and I can't right now, but the volley in from Angulo who honestly had a really good match considering he's been a little out of form lately. So really liked seeing that. And 
Duncan just being Duncan. And shout out to him. He got he got a call up during the international break to play with the under 23s to prepare for the Olympics. That's a big deal because it's very possible that he gets called up and he is in Paris next summer. So he I think he put in what a 75 minute shift with them that had a couple one or two shots on goal. Mike, I think you were following. Yeah, that yeah. he put in a. Yeah, he put in a 73-minute shift. The game wasn't televised, which is uh, super annoying. So thanks for that, U.S. Soccer. Um, put in a 73-minute shift. Uh, from everything I read online is that he was really goal dangerous. He uh, was making smart runs, which we all know is exactly how he plays. Um, and he uh, got in a yellow card for fighting with the player from Mexico. So, you know, par for the course for a U.S.-Mexico game. And Duncan uh, Duncan fits that CONCACAF bill. So, And if, you, if there's anything that gets you – hyped up and gets people to like you on the U S side. It's fighting with another player from Mexico. So um, new England, we, I don't even think this scoreline accurately reflects how good we played in this match. And the fact that we were very aggressive in getting up early and yeah, we let one trickle in, but came back and scored another. And we didn't even have to worry about it in the second half. We got to, rest a couple of people and I'm very happy with it. I going into the playoffs with, with good momentum. We've been saying it for weeks. We've got the momentum. We've got the pace and Alex, you absolutely nailed it. I don't think this is our final form. I think we are still learning how to be even more cohesive on offense and the defense. Um, I mean, Janssen's, been doing stellar he's up for defender of the year along with Antonio Carlos but Antonio Carlos is still coming back when he gets when he can go 60 70 minutes my goodness I mean and going into C C3 it 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 just helps us even more it's going to help us with recruiting it's going to help us get warmed up for the season but and we're going to hit the ground running. So it's a it was a big night. Miami eliminated. Bye. Nice to nice to see ya. It was a good night, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we have on decision day because it is it's relaxing. It's weird where we clinch second best this club has ever done in a season, and I don't think we're done because guess what? We get to play Toronto on decision day, and they're not good. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, not good as an understatement for sure. <laughs> Thinking back on the goals, I think that was probably the best goal that we've had in MLS this year. Uh, Urchon Cara had the bicycle kick against Tigres. I would rank that above that. And then Mauricio had that screamer in the League's Cup. Uh, I think that was against Santos Laguna. But as far as <clears throat> in MLS play, that was definitely probably the top goal that, that we've seen uh, all year, that half volley. It's one of those goals that make you kind of shriek at the, the highest pitch, you know, of, of, of your voice, the whatever octave that is for. Both manly and there, but... not manly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Makes you go, woo You know, like, like you just you just get excited about that. Yeah, I was actually uh, – I wasn't at the game, so I was on the phone with my sister, um, <laughs> and I – Foot mob was ahead of the Apple TV stream. So I was, I was like, I got to turn these notifications off, but we just scored. I'm excited. So I'm like, hold on a second. I got to pay attention. And then I was just like, oh, just started jumping up when I saw it. I was, she's like, are you good? I was like, no, it was, it was really good. Goal. <laughs> yeah, it was, 
It was an excellent goal. Yeah, I was worried, you know, if you listen to Then After Dark in the podcast, I was worried that that, that the Columbus game, we had a definitely a, a hangover from that emotional victory at home, that two-goal comeback and getting the dub. Um, I was worried that was going to be the peak of the season, but it looks like we just had a slight, you know, reversion and then came, we're, we're back on the on the grind up in the upward direction. So uh, a lot of the pundits, everybody around the league is saying the same thing. They'd be scared, scared as heck to play Orlando City in the playoffs. Um, you know, Cincinnati's got work to do. And if we don't play Cincinnati in the playoffs, we play every uh, every match with a home field advantage. So that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, going in, especially with Exploria, it'll be rocking, especially, uh, you know, having a playoff team. We know the city of Orlando, uh, they, they get live for, for playoffs. That's just that's just what we do in any sport. You know, regular season, it could be in. But when the playoffs come around, they usually show up and, and show out. So that'll be uh, that'll be exciting to see. Uh, and, and hopefully it leads to, like Mike was saying, MLS Cup coming through Exploria. I couldn't imagine. Uh, having the cup in in the stadium and and ninety minutes to play for it, that would be a you know a whole nother level of Orlando City soccer that I don't think any of us have ever seen before. So, um, all right, let's get into some stock up and stock down. Uh, either let's start with Ryder. You got those off the top of your head? Give me a stock yeah, up. Yeah, Facundo. Uh, Facundo by far his stock is just soaring. He's looking absolutely superb. He is doing exactly what he did last season and getting super into form late in the season. And the fact that we're doing so well, and we've had so many other people surrounding him and doing well has allowed him the space to get into form, play superb soccer. And we're going into the playoffs with him just clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. I I couldn't ask for more from him right now. He's playing great soccer and i think that he is gonna if he scores on decision day he will hold the solo second place uh for most goals in a single season for an orlando city player so we shall see uh stock down um i hate to do it to him because he just had a great um because he just broke his own record speaking of records but Pedro, he Pedro let a couple through that you don't normally see him do. And I think, was it Eddie that was in the group chat that was talking about how maybe he shouldn't try to catch balls and he should always just be deflecting? Was that Eddie that was talking about that? No, what Eddie's Eddie usually is a, saying uh, is uh, yeah. is that Pedro parries the ball too much and he usually doesn't do, do do a good job of it. But then he went to go catch that one that squeaked through and he's like, well, maybe that's why he needs to parry it is because he can't catch. <laughs> just making a joke about it obviously not full seriousness but you know yeah, who knows but I, I I'm I have no doubt that he's taken the time I believe he played matches with Peru so I don't know how he did but I'll I'm sure he'll come back fine and he just let the stinkers get out of the way when we had a multi-goal lead and now we can go into the playoffs and he can go for that golden glove in the MLS Cup playoffs. He's got it in him, but, but yeah, it's just, you know, the parry, it doesn't work out a lot, but if that's what catching the ball is going to lead to, I'll take the parry more times than not. Uh, I'll go next. I, I'm going to give my stock up. I'm going to do something a little different, and I'm going to give it uh, to the entire back four. I am uh, super impressed with every single one of them. Rafael Santos, 
is arguably the signing of the season, in my opinion, in the offseason. He has turned into uh, one of the best left backs in all of MLS. And uh, he is not only very, very good offensively, but he is also very solid defensively. Uh, Robin Janssen is Robin Janssen. You know, he's in the talking for MLS best 11, would be our first player ever for Orlando City to get into the MLS best 11. Uh, Rodrigo Schlegel has absolutely blown me away ever since uh ever since you know that that Columbus match we were kind of talking talking bad on them that that week and uh and begging for Antonio Carlos to come back but it feels like he's he feels Antonio Carlos breathing down the neck getting ready to get back on the pitch and he doesn't want to lose a spot so I've been super impressed with him and then how about Mr Mr Thor Halson Mr Dogger Dan something about having a a attacking midfielder a number 10 uh, playing right back that actually can play right back. I mean, the guy can play all around the field um, and he, he delivers balls in uh, that really not very many fullbacks can in, in the league as well. Uh, gave that, that assist to Duncan, put it right on his noggin. Duncan put it home, which what is what you expect Duncan to do. But, you know, you don't get that sort of cross from Kyle Smith you know, no offense to Kyle Smith, but but that I mean, Dogger Dan gives you a whole other dynamic at that right back position that teams have to respect. They absolutely have to respect that, and getting that from both sides of the pitch is just invaluable, in my opinion. It's it's invaluable. You can you know, it actually means something now when you switch the wingers out and 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 you you flop sides because no matter what, the fullbacks on each side you have to respect them. You know, you're not putting Faku on the on the left side, you know, just because Santos is over there and, and guys have to respect Santos and that why, you know, gets, makes it open for, for Faku. No, now when you switch them and, and Faku goes to the right, guys have to respect Dogger Dan. Otherwise he's going to deliver that sort of ball in. So very, very, very happy. I am with the back four going into this playoff. And I think that's, that's been the, the difference. And I think if we're going to do anything in the playoffs and do what we want to do, I think, <clears throat> Those four guys are going to be a absolutely huge part of it. Uh, my stock down, obviously, will go to Pedro as well, but that's just because I think everybody else played really well. Um, I was, I'm, you know, Pedro is Pedro. He's a guy that's a shot stopper, uh, but you know, he's he's uh, prone to make easy mistakes that make you put your hands in your head. But uh, you know, if we can play a game like Nashville all the time and the playoffs really tighten down where teams don't even get shots on goal. You don't really have to worry about that much. So that's, that's going to be, I think the focal point in the goal going in to, to alleviate some of the pressure that Pedro has, because, you know, the less pressure you put on a goalkeeper in general, the better chance you have to win. So Mike, give me a stock up, stock down. So uh, I'm going to take a page out of your book. Cause my initial uh, stock up was going to be for uh, Mr. DDT dagger, Dan, um, but I'm not going to beat that horse cause, uh, my stock down is also, uh, Pedro because it's kind of gotta be, uh, it's unfortunate, but you know, he had a howler, had a rough game. Uh, so not going to beat the dead horse there either, Pedro for stock down, but for stock up, I'm going to give a stock up to our finishing because since you chose stole DDT from me, I started taking a look at some numbers while I'm sitting here on my phone try to, to f- figure out how can I, how can I turn this around? So expected goals this year, Orlando city currently ranks in eight, 18th in the league. Um, but in 
goals per match. We are ranked eighth. Uh, so we are scoring a lot higher than our expected goals. And one thing that I wanted to point out on this is we are 14th in the league in big chances created. So that's big goal scoring opportunities. But big chances missed, we are tied for first, meaning we are not missing our chances. We are taking our chances and we are burying them. Um, so uh, I just want to give a shout out to finishing. That is my stock up. Um, it's something that we used to struggle with a lot. But our, our expected goals is 41.9. I believe we're currently sitting on uh, 53 for the year as far as goals scored. So we're, we're up higher on the amount of goals that we're scoring compared to what we're expected to score. And we are not missing chances, which is something that we're notorious for in the past. Some players on our team are still a little notorious for it. Shout out Mauricio. But uh, like, <laughs> sorry, that's me being a little bit of a, a little bit mean. But uh, yeah, uh, shout out to finishing. Uh, that's my stock up is our finishing because seeing that we are tied for the least amount of big chances missed in the league is honestly kind of an incredible statistic. Yeah, especially imagine if Mauricio, we wouldn't be tied for first. We'd have outright first by a while. And that kind of goes back to the beginning of the season. I remember at the beginning of the season, we were, We'd have two shots on goal and we'd score twice and or one shot on goal and we'd score once and tie. And it was like, you know, well, thank goodness that we're actually converting because we're we're not we're we're not really generating the chances. That goes back to a lot of what the complaints were early in the season. And now now that we're, you know, generating more chances, we're actually still converting at that same that same clip. So yeah, that's a that's a good shot, Mike, because you know, it's uh it, some people would, would call it luck, you know, we're lucky, but uh but, you know, if you actually watch the games, you see that we're controlling these games and then the chances we get are, are actually pretty quality chances. So we're getting, you know, even the, the big misses that, that you can remember, you know, they're big misses because they're they're quality, quality chances. We're not really just taking Hail Marys from deep and, and hoping they go in. Absolutely. And one of the other things that I will add to that, too, is it's partially a shout out to Duncan McGuire just because. That dude, man, he is just so clinical with what he does in front of the net. Like if you look at his like number of shots and then like the percentage of shots that he gets on target, he like three out of every four shots, if not higher, for the most part, is basically a shot on net. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the in the 99th percentile as far as accuracy in the league. Um, he's hands down one of the most like accurate shooters. Like you give him an inch, he's getting it on net pretty much. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, Duncan's been unbelievable. And he was, he's shown that ever, ever since day one. I mean, even in the champions league, it was like, he was, he was showing that. And, and uh, he's, when he gets, when he gets a chance, you're, you're, you know, I've never felt so confident. You got a day back to those Kyle Aaron days to where you're like, Oh, Duncan's one-on-one. This is going in the net. You know, it's pretty rare that he misses it. So, yeah, that Gotta kid's gonna end that. up. Uh, kid's gonna end up needing a raise because if you go take a look at what he's getting paid on ML MLSPA, you're just gonna be like, oh yeah, no, he he needs a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah, we got lucky. I mean, like we were, you know, smart or whatever you want to call it, but like we do with most of our draft picks, especially at that position, it tends to work out. So, you know, I think Duncan's just happy to to uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure he wants a raise too, but I think he's got to be happy to have the opportunity and. And uh, and played yeah. for a team where he, he was given the opportunity and he took the, the chance when he had it. And now he's, like Ryder said, he's working with the United States youth team, the national team, under twenty threes, and well on his way to representing in the Olympics in Paris. And that's Next one year. thing where Mike is absolutely right: is if he does go to Paris, 
with the U.S., we have to have restructured his deal by then because he will get international attention. He's already going to get it because he didn't really – did he play it all in the Champions League this year with us? I don't believe he did because he didn't uh, get hot until right after that. The, uh, he almost he almost scored the, the Tigres winner at the last kick of the game. He was about six inches off the top of the crossbar from putting it in the top left of the net. So, right. yeah, he, he played – all right, well, then this will be his second international exposure, and that's – we got to get that locked down. We, we've we had some issues with that as an organization in the past, and you got to learn from your mistakes. I know they're going to do it. It's just I want to I, I want to see it happen because Dagger – sorry, Duncan, Dagger, Duncan, whatever, uh, is – he's a great player, and I think he's got a bright future, and he's still young. He's not even – at his full fitness yet he still can't go full 90s and he's still playing superb soccer so and shout out to enrique for whenever he comes on he's he's adding a lot of dynamics to the club too so i'm looking forward to seeing that in the playoffs that's going to be a lot of fun yeah we're definitely got to be considered one of the deepest teams in the league for sure so um Let's talk about the uh, end of year awards and we'll get into the uh, preview for decision day on Saturday against T- Toronto. Uh, we have obviously every team and MLS gets to nominate their own players. That's why Inter Miami totally pooped on their entire roster that spent most of the year with them and chose Messi and Busquez and Alba for everything, uh, which is just a slap in the face. If I was a Miami player, it would be a slap in the face. But, anyways. Uh, we have a few. We nominated a few people. Uh, they they nominated Faku for MVP, which is uh, you know that's that's uh, in itself obvious. He's he is he is our most valuable player. He's been amazing all year, uh, and he's just shown a lot of consistency. He's very rarely had a, a down down stretch. So uh, he's nominated for MVP. Um, there's other you know Luciano Costa has got to be one of the favorites uh, at FC Cincinnati. Boanga um, for LAFC. You know, but I think Faku will probably finish in the top five of that voting. I don't know if he'll win that. Um, you have uh, Robin Janssen, right, and nominated for Defender of the Season, Defender of the Year. Um, and Antonio nomin- Carlos. Yeah, and Antonio Carlos, but that just feels like a paper ballot thing. Okay, we had to send two people, I guess. And Antonio obviously hasn't played enough to, to get anywhere no. close to winning that, but uh, but I could see Anson also finishing in the top five of that that voting. I don't know if it went just because you know it's Orlando City, and I'm sure they'll give it to like Tim Parker or something. But uh, in St. Louis, you know the the storybook team. But he's definitely been our defender of the year, and he's uh, reliable. He's unbelievable, and we would easily be a lot lot worse of a team without him. Uh, obviously, goalkeeper of the year we nominated Pedro. Uh, and the newcomer of the year is, is an interesting one because Duncan McGuire doesn't qualify uh, for the, uh, the newcomer of the year, but he is up for young player of the year, uh, whatever the, the difference is of that. But uh, new, the new player of the year, is, since it's his first professional season, he doesn't qualify. Um, Rafael, Rafael Santos, Dagger Dan, both nominated for, uh, for new player of the year through Orlando City, uh, being transfers coming in. I think those are those are solid shouts, but um, a big, you know, kind of the the most controversial one is Martino Hayda getting snubbed from this with all you know thirteen goal contributions uh, to the to uh, playing on a on a reserve list. He's a designated player, and uh, and they send in Dagger Dan, 
and Rafael Santos. So kind of interesting. You guys have any, any specific feeling about that? Oscar was also nominated for coach of the year. And I think that there's a real, if there's anybody that's got a chance of winning this, I winning an award out of this list, I think it's either Oscar or Duncan. And the reason is we don't have the most expensive, the most dynamic team in the league this year, but Oscar brought these players, a lot of players that he had last year, quite a few that he got through the transfer market and he morphed them in. And when we were in, at our worst, he changed, he made big changes to his tactics, which a lot of people didn't think he could do. And it worked out superb. This is the best team that this club has ever had. And I think a big part of that is Oscar Preya and that I got to put my foot in my mouth that because what was it six months ago i was one of the people that wanted him fired and we trusted the system we trusted in our coach and the players stepped up a lot of players stepped up even when they didn't even when they were in positions where they're coming off the bench and like you said alex we have a deep team and it worked out so I'll be very curious to see it. I think Jansen has a small chance. I don't think Pedro is going to get it, but he might be top three. And I think Facundo, I agree with you, Alex, that top five for Facundo is a shoe-in. If he can have a good performance against Toronto, it could help him a lot. So we shall see. So I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to uh, poo-poo on everything that you just said. Um so <laughs> um so Oscar Pereja at best is going to finish third in coach of the year. He's not going to finish higher than that. Uh as much as I agree with what you're saying on the fact that he transformed our season, Bradley Carnell is going to win the award. Um he took a expansion team to finishing first in the West. That's no easy feat. He's winning that award. That's pretty much set in stone. Mm. Um then Pat Noonan's going to finish second for winning the Shield with Cincinnati. Um, as far as MVP, um, I, I don't think Faku is going to finish top five. Um, uh, he doesn't have the assist numbers for it. Uh, it's 100% Lucho Acosta's award. Um, the award that we have the best chance of winning, though, is 100% Robin Janssen for Defender of the Year. Um, he's also up for Comeback Player of the Year because he did have that bad injury that took him out the end of last season. So he might be that you, you might mean the ads we've been that. seeing every commercial break on Apple TV all year long. Yeah. So yeah, he, he might end up getting a shout for that uh, as well. But um, for me, defender of the year is realistically a three man race and it's Robin Janssen, Tim Parker and Matt Miazga. Um, and Robin Janssen's getting a lot of love from the press. So I think that that would, uh, would be really, really cool to see him get. Um, but uh, the thing that I'm really going to be like the big Debbie Downer here on is that Duncan has no shot of winning young player of the year. Like a zero gonna win it. Tiago Amada, 100%. He's finishing worse. He's finishing with like 27 combined goal contributions, like, or something like that. He's got like, I think 12 goals and 14 assists or something right now. Um, So uh, as much as I hate to, it pains me to say that, you know, an Atlanta player is going to win. Um, 100%. It's going to be a Tiago Almada award. 
uh, because it's also going to be another Argentina World Cup winner feather in the cap of MLS. So oh, they're going to make sure that that happens. Um, but it's not the one that everyone expects to win the awards. Um, so Janssen for me is our best shout. Poppy's going to be up there. Um, but and goalkeeper of the year is going to Roman Berkey most likely because realistically, if St. Louis did not have him, they would they would not be where they're at right now. So it wouldn't be an M- end of the season for MLS if we didn't think that our player was going to win young player of the year and then they come in second that's happened at least three times i mean if they just kept the rookie of the year award (laughs) well in the last year that it happened i'm pretty sure that who was it was it chris mueller or daryl dk that would have won it if it wasn't for changing the rule it was one of those two it was Daryl DK because what it was going to be is they were going to he would have won the rookie of the year, but then they changed it to young player of the year and he lost to Diego Rossi, who was already like a four year pro at that point. So. We shall see. Yeah. And Berkey, I mean, they've allowed 43 goals. We've allowed 39. It's, it's, it feels like he's, uh, you know, he's the, everybody was just coming on the DP goalkeeper thing. So they'll probably make it so they. They have a reward for it, but I mean, you look at the goals allowed. I mean, I don't have like, I what the expected goals allowed was, but I mean, they're like, you know, they're you know, LAFC's allowed thirty-eight, Seattle's allowed thirty-two, Houston's allowed thirty-seven. So that's two, three, and four. They've they've allowed the most goals out of the top four in the Western Conference. So, eh, you know, but I could see it. it's a it's it's a like you said, Mike, with the Tiago Amati thing, it's a it's a popularity contest most of the time. So that's yeah. why Messi will probably finish like ahead of Faku for most valuable player so if that happens every single journalist that has the ability to vote for these awards should have that revoked like yeah and i think that like a lot of them feel like that i've seen like i've seen people from the athletic like put things out saying hey reminder that the club sends stuff like this but then i think i I think it might have also been pablo mauer who also basically said it's honestly embarrassing that miami did select them like like it's embarrassing to the players that they actually had that play good. Like you didn't put Drake calendar in there who really like stood on his head for you guys to give you a chance to get to this point. Instead you posted the pick the guy that paid 240 minutes in the league. Like it's kind of, it's insulting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what they do best. That's, that's David Beckham's best thing, I guess. So I've seen some things about him on social media lately. So. He's kind of a, he could be, I, from what I hear, David Beckham could be kind of a, a, a D-bag, you know, when you're in person. So, but, oh, well, that's not, that's not our story, but I'm, I'm happy with the way the team's performed. I don't want any of them to win anything because I want them to be as hungry as possible going into the playoffs. Team awards are what matter. And, uh, and the only team award left to get is the MLS cup champion. So Lucho Acosta. He can. They can keep their supporter shield. They, he can have their his MVP. Roman Berkey can have his goalkeeper of the year, uh, and their coach can have their coach of the year award. Nobody ain't gonna remember any of that if Orlando City's lifting the cup on December 9th. That's for yes. sure. Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and make sure that chip on the shoulder is just a little bit bigger. You know. Yeah. Got to exactly. get that star. I, I'm That's on record I'm for. I have to get a tattoo if we win. Oh, I definitely. I get the star. I've been waiting to get one. For a, for a star, so yeah, I get got to get the crest with the star. I, I mean, dude, I, I got a tattoo. I got a tattoo of a piece of fried shrimp. Like, you don't got to say nothing to get me to get tattooed. I'll just get tattooed <laughs> for whatever. We'll, we'll all just do it together. We'll all just do it together. What I makes it fried? 
I don't know. We'll we'll get to that conversation later on. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Um we're gonna get into previewing this Toronto match and then um and then we'll t- I wanna talk about our you know, I know a lot of people are wondering when the game's gonna be and also who we're gonna play. So we'll talk about that uh, right before the shout outs. But starting off with Toronto, we're going to Toronto on decision day. It feels like one of those games at the end less set up because they thought Maybe it would actually have some sort of meaning. Turns out Toronto is literally one of the worst teams in the history of the Major League Soccer. 22 points in 33 matches. Negative 31 goal differential. Um, I expect a decent amount of rotation, but I don't respect a lot of rotation because we still have a two-week uh, break before the first match. So, you know, you give a guy off this Saturday, uh, and then he's had this last, you know, week off. Um, or two weeks off, you know, you're looking at almost, or, you know, that, or I guess nine days from this Saturday plus the last two weeks off, you're looking at almost four weeks of rest for a guy that, that doesn't play on Saturday. And that's not necessarily great for greasing the bearings heading into the playoffs. So um, I expect, you know, Robin Johnson to get a little bit of rest, not, not a full match where guys like Cesar Arahu are getting a, uh, a little bit of rest, maybe a world or two. Uh, so we'll see how it works out with, with the rest uh, thing. Uh, for those that are wondering, uh, yellow card accumulation does not carry over to the playoffs. A red card would mean suspension in the first game of the playoffs, but a you know fifth, fourth, or fifth, whatever they're on, yellow uh, would just carry over into next season. The very first match of next season is how we've read the rules they vary are central around the regular season matches. So um, they, as long as you don't get a red, you're going to be p- eligible to play in that first match. Um, and uh, that's, that's how it's going for the, for, for the playoffs heading in. But as far as Toronto is, is concerned, I, I think we get a little bit of rotation. I think Toronto, I've been saying this for weeks, you're going to play a schoolboy team. It's going to be a Sunday league team. Um, you know, they've already been sitting in Signe for the last few weeks and, can't imagine him just coming in for the last game. So uh, I still expect a win. I still expect three points. I still expect us to go in on a high note, uh, maybe a little bit of rotation, like to get maybe uh, some guys that are going to be shooing to needing them uh, in the playoffs, some some minutes, guys like Martino Heda, guys like, you know, uh, uh, Ramiro Enrique. Uh, you know, I would, I would like to see – I would like to see them get in. Antonio Carlos for sure get, get a get a start would be nice maybe with with Robin Johnson uh would be crucial for me so a couple guys uh, are gone you know uh, uh the center back uh his name's Freeman Alex Freeman he's gone so a couple guys that won't be there too that that we can't use for rotation but I'm gonna I'm gonna say a uh 2-0 win maybe another poppy special very lethargic, very, you know, melancholy, very uh, by the book dub, I think is what it's going to be. Just what we've seen is what we're going to get. And uh, we'll end with 63 points and we'll head into the playoffs on a, on a high, on a three game winning streak. That's, that's my, my uh, expectation for Saturday. How about you, Mike? Yeah. So what I want uh, more than anything is give me, give me a three goal win, three nil is what I'd like to see. Uh, so that way uh, I'm probably going to steal some of writer's thunder here, but that gives us a uh, new record for goals scored in a season uh, would be a new record for goal differential. 
And I believe it would give us a record for goals against as well if we don't concede anything. Um, so I think I'm right on all of those records. Um, so yeah, man, 63 points. Give me a 3-0 win. Give me a goal from Ojeda, a goal from Faku, and a goal from Dunk. Um, get all the all, all the all all the big boys or three DPS there scoring. So I like how you threw that in because Duncan happened to get the other DP kicked out of Orlando throughout the course of the season. That's how good he's been. So. That's how that's how it works, right? If you uh, if you force us to to sell an, a DP away, you just take his title, right? Under captain yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Ryder, what what are your expectations? Uh I, I'm I'm right there with Mike. I think this is gonna be um, a very bloodbath affair. I think it's I keep going back and forth between four one and four zero, but last time when we played Toronto last year at home, we beat them we beat the pulp out of them four nothing. I'm gonna say four one. I think we're going to spread the goals around. I think Duncan, Facundo, Ojeda, and Enrique are all going to get goals. I think we are going to get that uh, goals for record. We're going to get that goal differential record. Um, We're going to break that. Both are going to be narrow because goals for for us right now, like Mike said, taking a little bit of my thunder, but that's okay. It's a team sport. Podcasting is a team sport too. Um, goals for right now, we have 53, um, our record current club record is 55 from 2016 goals allowed. We aren't technically going to break our record because our technical club record is from 2020, which is 25, but that has an asterisk on it because of the short season. So the next one is 48 in 2021. So unless we go out and have the worst match in club history against the worst team in the league this year. We're breaking the goals are proper goals allowed record goal differential. Right now we are plus 14. The club record is 15 from 2020. And then it's, I believe it's 12 in 2021. So we have a very good chance of doing that. I, I I could put it out there and say, hey, we have a chance to tie the club record for most goals in a single season, currently held by Kyle Laren from 2015 if Facundo scored four goals. But I don't think we're going to get that lucky because we haven't had a hat trick in this club's history in, what, seven years, eight years? Been a while. I'm just, I want one. I want one hat trick. It hasn't happened in so long. I'd just love to see it. But, yeah, I think that this match is I, – I, I don't even know what the Vegas odds are on this, but we are going to win this match. It's a matter of how much we're going to win this match because TFC 2B is going to be trotted out for this match. So I will find the Vegas odds for you in a second because I'm pretty sure they are now posted on um, on the MLS app. Uh, I do think that they include them on there because of the fact that they have a partnership with BetMGM. Um, but I did have a fun stat there that they are um, in our last three matches against Toronto. We have outscored them nine to nothing. Oh my gosh! Half of those matches occurred during 
half of the almost half of those goals occurred during that one last year where I think didn't Tesho have a brace or something like that? No, I mean we beat them four nothing earlier this season. We beat them four nothing at the end of last season, and we beat them one nothing earlier in the year. Crazy stuff. They've been pretty bad. They have been very not good. Yes. They haven't scored going... on us in two years. Um, yeah, and another fun fact, um, and this is a shout out to me and Ryder. Uh, I've been working on a, a, a spreadsheet on our preseason predictions. Uh, Ryder and I both had them in the playoffs, and I specifically had Toronto winning the East. So, uh, shout out to me uh, for no one ball. <laughs> no one ball. Yeah, I, uh, I. if you guys really want to have fun, <laughs> just on Twitter, search Insigne best signing. I was doing this the other day because – I was just flashing back to when they signed him, and everybody was like, this is the best signing in the history of the MLS. It's going to be unbelievable. This is game changer for Toronto. Yeah, no. Didn't we have a conversation on this very program? I don't know how many times we got to go over Italians in the MLS. There's been one, one good Italian that happened to be great. Everybody else has just been subpar. You know, most of these Italians come in here, and they they're used to smoking cigarettes while while defending and playing in the, on the on the pitch. It's just it's it's uh, it's you they're know not even allowed to smoke in the stadiums now. I just what I, are they I, gonna I, do? I, I can't I can't do it with the Italian agenda in MLS. So yeah, I I, I the we, Italian we, agenda. <laughs> I, hope we, I hope we beat their butts again. It would be it would be super nice. So it's reflected yeah. too in the fact that U.S. players are going to Italy and just having a ball. Look at what Christian Pulisic's been doing this year. Yeah, that's because he actually hasn't probably smoked a cigarette at all. So this guy started about seven years old over there. <laughs> uh, Anyways, let's talk about some scenarios um, some, that, that we have. Personally, there's there's a few scenarios. A lot of them end up with us playing Nashville, right? Nashville plays Red Bull, uh, Atlanta plays Cincy, and then New England plays Philly in the last game. And those are the technically the three teams that we can play. Now, Nashville wins, Atlanta draws or loses against Cincinnati, and then if New England can gives up a you know a three goal differential against Nashville, then Nashville can move up as high as the five seed, and uh, we can New England can move down as low as the seven seed. So there's a scenario where we play New England. Most of the scenarios end up us playing Nashville or Atlanta. Nashville wins, Atlanta draws or loses. We're going to play Atlanta in the first round. Um, I I would prefer uh, I would prefer Nashville personally, and then I would prefer to have Atlanta win, and then New England lose uh because then you would have in our side of the bracket us nashville playing the winner of philadelphia and uh and new england who are two teams that are just in total shambles right now you know they, they you got philadelphia with players outspoken about they're getting rid of guys Doug, they're getting rid of uh Bedoya. they've already told these guys they're not coming back which is just a bold strategy when you're the three seed i feel like but uh, that's that's what's going on in Philadelphia. And then, of course, you guys all know what's going on with New England. So if we can have Nashville, New England, and Philadelphia on our side of the bracket, I really like our odds to go very deep in this tournament. I'm, I'm not scared of Atlanta, but I would just prefer not to play them in the uh, in the first round. So I'm hoping that they uh, that Cincinnati gets the old, the old punt to Ruski going. Atlanta can get three points against them, and then and uh, and then move up to that five seat would be awesome. Keep them on the other side of the bracket. Uh, that would be great playing a team like Columbus in the four seed. So 
Um, there are a few situations that, that we do play, uh, you know, each one of those teams, only one situation where we play New England, so that's the least likely. But do you guys have a preference about who we play in the first round or maybe a preference about who we don't play out of those three teams? So Mike? for me, the preference is definitely Nashville. Um, like, yeah, they scored a bunch of goals against New England um, in, in their makeup game that they had last weekend. Um, but that's a team that's just been struggling to score in general. Um, so, uh, they're a team that I think that, you know, in a three game series, we can beat them at home. Um, and we just proved that we could beat them on the road, even though their coach complained about it the entire time. Um, so Nashville, I think is definitely the one that makes the most sense. Um, and if we can end up getting it in a situation to where Columbus and Atlanta, like you said, are on the Cincy side of the bracket, um that'd be that'd be even more sublime let those teams kick the crap out of each other uh you did mention philly it's actually not it's not uh gazdag it's uh kai wagner is the one who's getting pushed out um so it's kai wagner and uh bedoya are the two that they've basically said hey you're done um and uh yeah the team's not thrilled so they might be a little bit of a wreck new england's been a little bit of a wreck um but i think if nashville loses or draws um, they're locked into the seventh seed unless Atlanta loses by like six goals. Uh, I think that's the only way that like, even with a draw, Nashville can move up. Um, so pretty unlikely. Most things point to us playing Nashville and I definitely prefer Nashville out of the group. So. Do you care, Ryder? Um, I, I, I'm on the record. We had this same conversation a couple weeks ago. I said Atlanta back then just for the fun of it, but when it comes to the bracket, it Nashville helps us a lot, but New England would also be nice. But at this point, I'm not the only teams that I'm scared of, we're gonna be playing in the second round. It with with it being the new format where the first round, round one, which by the way, MLS come up with a better name. We got we got great names like conference round or conference playoffs or whatever wild card. I mean, there is a wild card, which we just appreciate the fact that DC United, who are done with their season, have already sent their coach back to England. Bye bye. Wish we could have gotten our revenge, all that. But they are currently sitting in a playoff spot and they can't help it that they are not going to be in that spot on decision day. It's it. I just find it really funny, but I'll take Nashville. I'll take Atlanta. I'll take new England. I'll take any one of them for ease of advancing Nashville for entertainment purposes, Atlanta. So you can, you can have it both ways, but I just want to win. And if that, if with, what has happened in the last uh, week and a half means that Nashville is what we want. I agree with you guys. Bring on Nashville. Yeah. yeah and Nashville we, and we can beat great. them. And you guys were talking about knowing we can beat them on the road. That was on short rest. Give us six days, I seven days of rest. We're playing and we're about to get into this. We're playing uh, most likely on a Monday against them for game one at home and then we travel and we have probably a six or seven day rest game two in nashville we can beat them 
we can totally beat them. I have yep. no doubt about that. So, and that would then enable us to have a week off before the next round. I, uh, I probably prefer, I'd probably Nashville, New England, and then Atlanta for me. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I got too many PTSD memories about it. Atlanta and Cups at home. So the first game is going to be so interesting because and it's so important because if you lose that first game, you do not want to go on a winter go home on the road in MLS. So it's going to be very imperative that we get, that we get the win after 90 minutes, it goes straight to penalty kicks. There will be a winner obviously in every game. Um, so yeah, it's it's important. It's very important that that we play defense, that we win that first game, and then put ourselves in a situation to to make it as you know easy as possible. Uh, but I I agree, Nashville would be my preferred uh, selection for that first round. And then, like you said, Ryder, people are always wondering about when we're going to play. We have been hearing for the last week or so. I know uh, Lonzo Contreras broke it. Um, but we have been hearing for the, the last week uh, that it was going to be Monday, October 30th. I don't, I, I'm surprised it took this long to break. Uh, but we had we have heard that, that for about a week now, it's going to be Monday, October 30th. Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be at 730, 8 o'clock, something like that. Uh, the day before Halloween, on a Monday. Uh, uh, yeah, scheduling uh, on a Monday is just stupid. Hard to get people there. Uh, it's hard to uh, to to you know have people get off of work and and get there. And it's hard to tailgate. It's hard to have fun. Um, you know, I don't really care about competing with with the likes of Monday Night Football. Every game's trash on that step series this year. So, uh, but but as far as MLS playoffs, I wish they played all the games on a Saturday like they've been doing all freaking year. I don't get that one yeah, bit. Spread out the games throughout the day, like. Not, who cares about throughout the day? You know, it's like it's it's just it's just play the damn games on Saturday. That's when you're going to get the most people watching. That's when it's going to be the most exciting, at least for the first round. I mean, it was, uh, I don't get it. It's it's a horrible decision on their part for. I, and there's not even Friday games. There's literally Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Why are we doing Monday games? Why are we choosing now? to have games spread out throughout the full weekend and not put any of them on fr- Friday. I think the wild card games are what Wednesday and Thursday. Is that right? Yeah. It's just a number, f- another fumble from what this first year of Apple TV has been. I've hated every yeah. single decision that they've made. It's um, bad for TV and it's bad for the stands because I'm sorry. I don't think we're going to have a sellout. I don't think we're going to get 25,000 and change butts in seats on a Monday night for a massive game that we need to show out for. I think it's I think it's a little bit uh I almost feel like it's a disservice to not yeah. only the fans but the fact that we did so well this season and now we're getting maybe the worst time slot and what's going to make me even more mad is if it's we play Monday and then we play Saturday. They haven't even released that information. This information is just hearsay. It's not official. And if they don't, if they announce that we're playing Monday and then we got to go practice and then be in Nashville Saturday to play game two, I'm going to come on glued. 
I know. I mean, the only positive to that it. is they have to do that too, at least. So. Yeah, but they have it at home. You know, it's a short week. Short yeah, week they're going. Home they're going home at either way. Whereas we're gonna be have to make that trip, and it kills a at least a full day of training for us. Yeah, that's why that 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 first game is going to be so important. So Mike's going to have to miss it. Got an anniversary. I have to miss it too. My wife's birthday is on that day, so I'm definitely missing it. That's why I'm so mad about it. Kind of like the Giants last night, Mike. (laughs) When they when when they when they ran the ball when they should have thrown it, and then they threw the ball when they should have ran it. It's like all year they've been doing these games at one freaking time slot shoveling them all in on Saturday nights. And we've all been begging for games spread out, at least throughout the day on Saturday and maybe a Friday night game. And then when it comes down to playoff, when, you know, you actually want all the games at, on, you know, maybe one time on Saturday or maybe it's 7.30 and then a 9.30 stagger on Saturday and then 7.30, 9.30 stagger on Sunday, it's uh, we're going to spread it out and extend it to Monday. It's not even a holiday. It's just – and it's a day before Halloween. I don't know. Like you go ahead, and then I could have been on Halloween. It could have been on Halloween. I guess it could have been worse, but Monday's still pretty bad. What are your thoughts, Mike? It's just dumb. Like it's it's just overall, it's just awful scheduling. Uh, I really didn't appreciate the Giants low blow in there, but you know it's fine. Uh, (laughs) We're we're down enough as it is. Uh, I don't think I needed any more hits down to the groin. Uh, But appreciate that, brother. Um, But yeah, man, it's. Dude, it, it, scheduling it on a Monday is just it, it 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 pisses me off for a couple of reasons. Like obviously, a big one is that I can't go. Similar to Alex, that's why it upsets him. It means that I can't attend the game. But uh, yeah, it, it, at the same time, it's just one of those things. It's just it, it it upsets me because of the fact that it's midweek games or something that we always struggle with selling. Um, so now having a game on a Monday night, you're going to be competing against World Series. Going to be competing against Monday Night Football. Like people are going to have other interests that they're going to want to go to. And that's, you know, viewership's going to end up getting affected on the app and stuff like that. It's just one of those things that like, I feel like they're trying to be like, yeah, Monday night prime time. It's a big, big deal. But like with all the other stuff that's going on, no, it's not. It's a bad idea. So. Yeah. And I mean, not to mention traveling fans, not that I give a dang about Nashville's fans, but you know, it's like, that's just that. That's the lore of the playoffs, and I feel like they're taking a lot of it away. And I'd be pissed if I was a Nashville fan. I'd be pissed. I'm a pissed as an Orlando City fan, even though I'll be there. Yeah, um, I mean, like I, know I the, wanted the wall, to do. The uh... wall's going to show out. I, I mean, they'll sell out the wall. I'm, I'm sure, but everywhere else, I mean, you're just we're. It's just a hope and a prayer that people take time out of their Monday night, the day before Thanksgiving, or the day before Halloween, when you know people are shopping for their kids and looking for costumes and going to get candy, and you know, it's like. Now it's, you know, who's actually going to show up, you know, other than the, the normal fifteen to 18,000 that are always there. Yeah. And like, well, that's one of the things that I kind of mentioned too, like to, I do got a couple like friends up in the Nashville like area and whatnot, like Nashville fans. And like, I wanted my away day this year. Like I wanted to try and do an away day and I wanted to go to Nashville away, but then Nashville away got scheduled on a Wednesday. Like that midweek travels just sometimes is too much of a pain in the butt to try and make it work. Like, Monday might be a little bit easier because of that. But realistically, you have to imagine that if you're traveling to Nashville, you're still taking at least two days off work minimum because usually there's no red eyes that fly out of MCO. So like 
it, it's uncommon to get a red eye at an MCO. So like you're going to be you're you're going to have to take all Monday and then Tuesday off as well. If you're working a regular Monday through Friday, nine to five, like it's just not desirable. You know? Never mind the dedicated fans that are probably going to have to take at least half a day to go to the home match and yes. then do the away day. That's a lot of PTO and they're giving us no warning either. It's these aren't official times like MLS needs to work on how we actually allocate this kind of stuff. And it's not great. Like even the U S open cup has been better about a lot of this. And a couple of the problems have been one, we're taking so much time now that we're, we're taking pauses for the international break, which by the way, there's one right in the middle of the playoffs Yep, whole week before or the quarterfinals. And that can take a lot of wind out of your sails. You're risking your players getting injured. And we took a month off for freaking Leagues Cup. And I'm sorry, I was high on Leagues Cup to start the season. But with everything that happened, I don't know. I feel like we either, if we're going to do all these competitions, we either need to start earlier or we need to figure something else out. Because midweek games and sandwiching this all together is, it's bad for for the fans it's hard on the players it's just a lot and i'm hoping that they make this right by not giving us a bad time slot for game two in nashville that's all i'm hoping for we will see but it, it's it just pretty screams it screams we care about tv ratings and apple subscriptions more than we care yeah, about but, in-person but the tv ratings i don't even know what the syndicated TV deal is going to be for the playoffs because they haven't been clear about that. But we're also, you're competing with every major league because the NBA starts up between now and the first playoff game too. NHL, yep. all the leagues will be playing on that day and we will probably be the least watch match no matter who we're playing. And if it's against Atlanta, a big rivalry match in the playoffs. That's a shame because getting casuals to watch that and say, Oh, this is a fun game. This is a fun match to watch. It, it, it's just a shame. And I think that Apple and MLS need to rethink their strategy because if you're looking at, if you're looking at the likes of the NFL, they're trying to be the NFL where they're like, okay, there's two time slots on Saturday and you know, that's when it's going to be. It's like, no, do the NFL doesn't even do that. The NFL last week had Thursday night football, a 9.30 game in London, a, a bunch of 1 o'clock games, 4.30 games, Sunday night football, and Monday night football. That's a lot of time slots, and MLS doesn't do that. And we've got so many teams spread out now. We're almost as big when it comes to teams as the NFL. And we're not taking advantage of it. So I don't know. I'm I, I'm pretty frustrated by this situation, as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. But we'll see. I just hope we come out big and we win in the first one. But we'll talk about that on the playoff preview pod because we already know where our slot is. We just don't know who we get to play, which is yep. weird. It's enjoyable. It is enjoyable. We'll have to watch all the carnage on decision day and 
just sit back and smile. So, all right, let's uh, quickly do some shout outs. Then we are out of here. I guess I'll continue on with my shout outs of, uh, of Italians and the MLS. Gotta love them. So they're just always hyped up so big. I, I love seeing Toronto suck. I love seeing the team that everybody thought was just going to walk away with, with the, the Eastern conference, kind of like our man, Mike here. Uh, they, they, they thought that they were just going to absolutely kill it. Uh, have a negative 31 goal differential. I love seeing, you know, I'm not right very often, as you guys can tell, if you listen here very, very long, but, one thing I am right about is Italians and MLS. So uh, it's just, you know, they, they tend to be pretty big frauds, uh, especially the guys that come over here. They think it's going to be easy. That's the part that, that pisses me off the most. They think it's going to be easy when they come here. They think it's going to be easier than, than what they've played in. And, and you could tell that that's, a, uh, that's like their MO every time they come, they come over here. And it leads to negative 31 goal differentials, fired coaches, locker room, uh, you know, spiffs and, and all sorts of, Fun, fun stuff. So it is a good storyline. It's a nice, uh, you know, drama to watch, a nice soap opera. But uh, shout out to uh, to the Insignes and the Bernadeschis of the world uh, for for having a negative 31 goal differential. I hope we can pile onto that. And like you boys said, make it a negative 34, negative 35 goal differential uh, to end the season. That'd be phenomenal. Mike, you got a shout out? Yeah, first, I just want to go ahead and uh, let you know that uh, we just found out that apparently John Herdman is going to have his first game as a Toronto FC coach is going to be that final game of the season against us. So maybe that'll give them a little bit of a boost, but I hope it doesn't. Uh, But my shout out is just going to go down to uh, the the attempted ballot stuffing that we're going to get out of South Florida. Uh, shout out to you guys for going ahead and nominating guys that played 200 minutes for awards like MVP. Uh, make it just look like an absolute sham and joke of a league. Like when you do stuff like that, like if you're going to nominate players, nominate players that played for the season for you, nominating Messi for MVP is just an absolute joke to the players that actually like, I don't know the players that actually like, you know, played the whole season, um, put their teams in good positions. Um, so just joke of an organization uh, enjoy playing on a, you know, on a chemical plant or whatever the hell's happening with the ground where the new stadium is going to be. Just, they got to make yeah. sure they check for hanging chads when they, it comes to those votes. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Oh, God. Uh, that was, uh, some of our listeners might not even get that. I got that one. No, don't make me. Oh, that makes me feel so. But old. he's not. He's not lying though. He's not lying, Ryder. <laughs> who's, who's your uh, Who's your shout out to, Ryder? My shout out is to Eddie. Uh, he is not on the podcast tonight. Uh, but my shout out is to him because it's Eddie's world, and we're just living in it. Arsenal's beaten Man City and is looking great again. Orlando City's looking great. Um. San Francisco was looking great until, you know, what happened against the Browns. And then Houston's in the ALCS for what, the seventh straight year? But they just lost to the Texas Rangers again. So, I mean, it's his world and we're living in it. And he's looking like a snack. He's looking good, guys. He is. Did you see that? See him in that suit? He looked good. Yeah. But it's his and, world, and, and we're Rosie. living in it. Yeah, they were. They were. Eddie was looking good. I, I agree. A snack is a, is a good description. Eddie would appreciate that. I think he'll get a good kick out of that, looking like a good snack. So, I agree. But uh, yeah, the the old Astros down to zero. But hey, one thing you've learned over the last seven years: don't count those guys out. That's for sure. I don't watch much baseball, but 
Absolutely. They, they're never they're never out of it. So all right, well I guess that about wraps up the show. Any you two have anything else to add? I think we covered a lot. We covered uh, a lot a minute, and we got it in, in about an hour. For a minute I was like, man, we're only gonna go like forty five minutes. That never happens. And when does that ever happen? Hour over an hour. It's amazing how it always shocks me still. It, to this day, it always shocks me. Like even when I think we're like we're like forty two minutes in and I'm like, we're only got like four more minutes left of content and then we're at an hour and five minutes, just like that. But bada bing, bada boom. So that's just how it works. But uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys for uh, for always supporting us. Uh, we will have, uh, I think Mike's running the den after dark. I'll be in Tallahassee. I'm going to go to the FSU game this weekend, take my little brother on his first recruiting trip. Uh, oh, and, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be hopefully watching the Knowles continue on their awesome season. Let's just hope and pray for that. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll hope and pray that uh, Orlando City finishes off strong, heads into that that playoff spot strong. I, I imagine we'll hear about the, the the solid schedule very soon after that game on Saturday, um, and then we'll we'll go from there. We'll plan our our, our you know postseason uh, show and and hopefully our predictions, and hopefully we're a little more correct than what we were at the beginning of the season. The playoff so. pod, baby. It's nice. It's nice to be talking about the playoff pod and not have to wonder if we're going to do it or not because we're or where we're going to be. Yeah, so it's pretty nice. But thank enjoy you guys again for, for listening. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, enjoy decision day. Enjoy watching everybody else and uh, and basking in the glory that is Orlando City. Uh, it's been an awesome year. Great 33 games. Hopefully we cap it off with the awesome 34th match and, and uh, we head into the playoff strong. So as always, y'all, vamos Orlando. Vamos. Vamos Orlando. Thanks for joining us this week on the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Don't forget to follow us at Orlando Lions Den on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next week in the Den.